Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Who is a part of a team in here? Sports team, dance whatever team, I don't really know. Team of some sort. Who has been a part of a team at some point in their life? Let me see those hands. There we go. Mostly everybody, if not everyone. Okay, so we know what it means to be a part of a team. So I want to start today with looking at what it, what two, two teams, two different teams. Okay, so who watches basketball, NBA basketball? Or who just is a sports fan and just kind of knows what's going on in NBA basketball? Who won? No, who won it? They didn't win it. Okay, so who was the best team in NBA basketball last year? The Golden State Warriors is the correct answer. So the Golden State Warriors last season had arguably one of the best regular seasons in, all, in NBA history and really all of sports history. So let's look at what that meant for the Golden State Warriors. They won more games than anyone ever has in the entire history of basketball. They won more games than any Michael Jordan's Bulls team, any LeBron James team. They started the season 24-0. They won 24 straight games to start the basketball season. They won 54 straight home games. The Golden State Warriors never lost back-to-back seasons, back-to-back games, ever. They won one game, and that was it. They never lost two in a row. They broke, as a team, over 25 NBA records. 25 NBA records. They only lost nine games. Didn't even get double-digit losses. That is, they, it means they won 89%, 89% of their basketball games last season. And they have one of the best players in Stephen Curry, but he has a team around him. They had great coaching. Curry was a leader. They had Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, all their bench guys who scored almost 40% of all their points. And they had a great coach. They were a strong team. They were together. They were unified. So let's look at the Houston Rockets. Yeah, you laugh because you know. You know. <laughs> the Rockets season last year was, was bad. It was, just, it was really, really, really bad. Um, they finished 41 and 41, which means they won 50% of their games. That is 40% less than the Golden State Warriors. They won 40% less of their games. They fired their coach nine games into the season. And then discovered it wasn't the coach's fault that they were losing because they still lost after the coach was fired. The top player, teams, players on the team did not play well together. James Harden, Dwight Howard, they were fighting all the time. They didn't play as a team. The bench players didn't do much. And they had no leadership. They were dysfunctional. The only reason they went 41 and 41 is because they had James Harden, who's awesome, but a terrible teammate. They were disunified, right? No good coaching. Front office wasn't behind them. It was rough. I remember, I listen to sports radio a lot in the car when I'm driving, and I remember just almost every day, the commentary was, wow, the Rockets just look like they don't care. As a team, they look like they don't care. They are not together. They are just, just whatever. This is a horrible season. Dwight Howard's being a baby. James Harden's being a baby. They're complaining about whatever they're complaining about. It was horrible, right? I think we all saw that. In contrast to the Golden State Warriors, who almost won the championship, they went all the way to Game 7 in the finals and ended up losing, but they came together as a team and put together one of the greatest seasons in all of NBA history. 
So why are we talking about sports? One, because I love sports. But why are we actually talking about sports? Because today I want us to look at what it means for us to be a team together in the student ministry, what it means for us to be unified together in Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to look at that today, and we're going to see how essential unity is in the walk of a Christian, how important it is, how much of a difference it makes in our lives, and how it's commanded to us by God to do so. Jesus said in Mark, a house divided against itself cannot stand, and Lincoln was later quoted in saying that. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So we're going to look at two main questions this morning. Why should we seek unity as a student ministry, and how do we do it? All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 4, or turn on your phones, look on your phones. It's going to be on the screen behind us as well. We'll be in Ephesians 4 today. We're going to do the whole chapter. We're going to start in verse 1 and go through 13. All right, I'll give you a second to turn there. Okay, let's do it. Therefore I, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Bind yourself together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. So our first question is, why should we seek unity together? Because we are one in Christ. We are made one in Christ. Look back at verse 4 through 6. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. We are one. We are made one together in Christ. Paul writes again in 1 Corinthians 12, as all of you together are Christ's body, each one of you is a part of it. So when Jesus saved us, when he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins and we accepted that gift, that free gift of forgiveness, we became one with each other. We became the family of God. We became the children of God. We all have the same father, right? The scripture also says in Philippians that we have the same mind and the same heart. 
through Jesus. We share in these things. When one of us is baptized, we all share in that because we have one faith together, and we all get to celebrate that because we have one faith together, right? We come together as a team, straining for the one goal and the one glorious hope of Jesus. We're all part of the same team, right? We're all part of the same mission, to know Jesus and make him known. Or as we say here with Edge, love Jesus, journey together, bring hope to the world, right? It means the same thing. We are to know Jesus and make him known. And I confess, guys, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. I spent a very large chunk of my very not-that-long life alone and flying solo and being really good at one, just, just me, one, alone, only Dwight. And one of my biggest struggles every single day is pride. Yeah, we all struggle with pride in some way, but it is like my biggest thing. Everything that I do that flows out of me that is sinful comes from pride. Every single little thing, every thought, every harsh word or harsh action comes from pride and selfishness that I deal with every day. And I constantly have to fight my thoughts, my feelings because of it. I constantly have to fight those things. I'm constantly wrestling with what I think I deserve because of some cool thing I did or how hard I work or because I'm just an awesome guy, which I'm really not that awesome. And I think these things constantly, and it's constantly a fight that I have to put others before myself. And I've never held friendship so because of that. I've ne- my natural tendency is to move away from people because when it gets too hard, I don't want them to see my junk. My garbage, I've got plenty of it. I don't want to see them how prideful and selfish I am because it hurts them. It causes people pain. I don't want to be vulnerable because it's hard. Being vulnerable is hard. But we are one, right? We are one. And we are to be vulnerable with each other, right? That's what being one means. We have the same mind, the same heart. The Holy Spirit lives in all of God's people. We are to unite together. That's one thing, that's one reason we do small groups, is so you can come together in a smaller, more intimate setting and share those things with each other. Share your hurts, share your struggles. Confess that you're prideful or you're selfish or that you hurt somebody this week. Talk about these things together because we're made to. We're made to be one in Christ. I need unity from y'all. I need it in my life, and y'all need it from me. Y'all need it from Kaylin, from Bailey, from Brooke, from Justin. You need it from them, you need it from me, and we need it from y'all. We need to come together. That is what scripture is telling us. And so why should we seek unity? Because unity makes us more like Jesus, makes us look more like Jesus. Look at verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, we will not be influenced. People try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. 
As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So I want us to notice something from that big block of passage. There's a whole lot of we language, right? There's a whole lot of we language. We will, the children of God, come together. We will be mature in the Lord. We will grow together. We will grow as a unit, as the children, and we will not be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. So have y'all ever seen um, hurricane videos or tornado videos? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah. Raise your hands. It's okay. Um, so what happens in hurricanes and tornadoes? What happens to trees and cars and buildings sometimes? They get destroyed. They get blown away, right? They literally fly through the air. It's crazy. Cars get flipped over. I remember I was in Moore, Oklahoma four years ago, five years ago, however long it was, after that big tornado hit that was like two miles wide. Anybody remember hearing about that? Yeah, okay. and then I was there. I remember I, at one point, we're walking through the city looking at the destruction. I walked past a house, and all that was left of the house was the stairs. That's it. Just the staircase, just sitting on the, where the house used to be. That was it. And that is something that will not happen to us if we come together. That won't happen to us if we come together to look more like Jesus. We will not be blown around by every new teaching, every new doctrine that comes our way. We will come together and look like Jesus. We will come together knowing the Lord and we will lift each other up. And we will not be influenced by people trying to trick us. We won't believe the lies of the world, right? Remember when we did that? The Lies We Believe series? We won't believe those lies. The lies will just be that to us. They'll be lies. They won't be truth. I can be easily influenced by people alone, right? By myself, I can be swayed by lies when there's not people around me telling me, hey, that person's lying to you. That's not true. But together, we stand strong in faith. Together, we speak the truth in love. Us coming together will make us more like Jesus, every single one of us. We could build this student ministry to places that we just had no idea were possible Like, it's clear God is working in us. I think we all see that, and it's clear that God is moving in incredible ways. But can you imagine if we came together in harmony and peace and watched him work in that? It'd be amazing. Like, we would only see God-sized things happen that we dream of when we fall asleep on our pillows at night. If we come together as a student ministry just as perfectly as my hands fit together, we will see God move in incredible ways because we will become more like Jesus in truth and love, and he will do incredible things through that. Not to mention that Jesus never was alone. The only time Jesus ever walked alone was when he went to pray somewhere by himself. When you watch Jesus' ministry, he walks with his disciples from town to town to town to town to sea to town all over the place. And when he sends his disciples out, he's sitting with the woman at the well. He's ministering people in towns. He is always looking at people, coming together with his guys and his team, right? Jesus doesn't do things alone. The only thing he does alone is go to the cross so that we don't have to be alone, so that we don't have to face the world alone, so we can come together and look more like him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. 
the whole Christian walk, the whole idea of the Bible and Jesus is to come together for us to be unified. Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors never would have won two NBA championships without his team, right? He needed people to help him get open to shoot all those three-pointers. He needed people to get defenders out of his way so he could score. He needed people to pass to. He needed people to pass to him back. He needed people to run offenses with. If he tries to take it alone, he doesn't win anything, right? So I need one volunteer. Sydney, come here. Pick up that rock. I'll pick up the other two at the same time. All three at once. Now you gotta get the third one. No. <laughs> you can put it down. <laughs> All right, I need two more people. So you and Daniel. You okay? <laughs> it's heavy, I know. Y'all pick up the other two rocks. So there is no way Sydney picks up those three rocks by herself. I did two of them though. But she did two. <laughs> but she probably wouldn't have lasted very long with the two. She was struggling. But with the three of them coming together, they can pick up the rocks. Y'all can put the rocks down. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. When the three of them came together, they could pick up the rocks, right? The rocks are heavy. They're hard to lift. Togetherness is what made that possible. I think we all can see that pretty easily. It is the same thing in our Christian walk. We need to come together to pick up the rocks in our life, to get them and throw them out. We need help. And in order to have that help, we need to seek Jesus. In order to seek Jesus and look more like Jesus, we have to come together. We have to lift each other up. It's so vital. We need each other so much. And that's our third point. Why should we seek unity? Because we need each other, right? We need each other. I will never, ever in a thousand years defeat my pride and my selfishness and see healing full healing happen without the people around me to lift me up and encourage me and push me forward. I need my wife, I need Bailey to stop telling me to be a jerk. I need her to stop telling me to be, stop telling me to be selfish. I need Justin and Kaylin to call me out when I crawl into a hole of pride, of selfishness, of self-hate at times. I need them to come together with me, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to pick me up. I need them to pull me out of my cave that I sometimes will crawl into. And if I try to walk with Jesus alone, if I try to, you know, I have my quiet time every day, I read the Bible every day, I pray to him every day, but I don't share it with anybody, I'm going to hit a wall. I'm going to hit a ceiling at some point because I have nobody to share this with. And then I'm going to get tired and bored because I have no one to share my joy with and I'm going to go down. I'm going to fall, and it's going to start to dwindle. We need each other to share in these things with. I need y'all. As crazy as as I need y'all. God placed me here for a reason. I need y'all, and y'all need me. Bailey, Justin, Brooke, and Kaylin need you. And and y'all need us. We are in this together. We have come together. I need my worship team on Sunday mornings. I need them to tell me when I'm being an arrogant jerk. I need them to tell me when I'm stepping over the line. I need them to tell me, hey, Dwight, you said that, and that's hurtful to us. I need them to be honest with me. I need them to lift me up, and I cannot 
do it alone. None of us can, right? I'll become stretched, I'll become thin, I'll become burned out. I remember when we did the stage, the way it looks now, I did most of it by myself because I pretty much refused to ask for help. I literally worked like 12-hour days for four days straight. And I was exhausted, and I was cranky, and I was stressed, and I was worn out. I came up here at like 4 o'clock in the morning to finish one morning because I didn't ask for help, because I didn't lean on to the people who could help me. So I want to ask us a question as we continue and to think about it as we talk. Um, what are you trying to do alone in your life? Think about it. What are you trying to do alone? What are some obstacles that you're facing or some challenges you're facing? You're trying to beat them. You're trying to beat them alone. What's that one area that you've just determined, I'm going to conquer this by myself. I am going to do this. I got this. How's that going? How's that going for you? Probably not well, right? And if it's going well, it's not going to stay that way. At some point, it's going to dwindle and fall. God never intended us to do things alone. He never intended us to do life alone, especially Christian life, because Christian life is hard. So we've we've talked a little bit about why do we seek unity? Why do we seek each other? Because we're one in Christ, right? We are made one in Jesus. We need each other. And because when we come together, it makes us look more like Jesus. So you might be wondering, okay, Dwight, that's great. Thanks for preaching to us. How do we do that? How am I supposed to do this in my life? How do I do these things? And it's simple. How do we seek? We must fight. We have to fight. So let's go back up to verse 1 through 3. They're with me. Therefore, I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. And now watch this. Make every effort. Say it again. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. We have to fight. We have to fight. We have to struggle. We have to strive together. And we have to make every effort. And if you think about that phrase, make every effort, it carries a lot with it. When you make every effort at something, you are going to the farthest stretches of yourself to do it. Who's got something super challenging that they have a hard time facing? Maybe it's school. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's a sporting, I don't know, maybe it's just some kind of challenge that you just have a hard time doing. It requires more effort, right? You can nod your heads with me, it's good. (laughs) It requires more effort. It requires a lot more work. I'm not good at school. I don't like school. I didn't finish college because I'm not a good student. And when I went to school, I had to make what felt like two, three times the effort to get through because I didn't like it. It was hard for me. Maybe that's like math for you. Maybe that's a sporting team. Maybe it's English. I don't know. Whatever it may be, you have things that require you to put forth more effort than others, right? They're hard. They're challenging. And that's the point. This is going to be a fight. We're going to fight with each other. We're going to fight with the enemy telling us lies that we cannot believe. And it's going to be hard. If we're going to be unified, if we're going to come together as God's children, as a student ministry, lift high the name of Jesus, it's going to be hard. 
It's going to be really hard. We are going to have to make every effort for each other, every single effort that we can possibly think. We're going to have to reach down to the greatest depths of ourselves that we may not even know exists in order for us to come together and love the Lord together and lift his name high in this place. We're going to have to push aside pride, push aside hurt, push aside anxiety, or whatever else you may deal with to seek the best for each other in this place, right? You're going to have to fight, and it's going to be hard. Skip down to verse 24 with me. Um, So put on your new nature. The old is gone. Throw away your old nature that was before Jesus and put on your new one that you have in Jesus, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slanders, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When has throwing off our old nature, when is throwing off sin ever been easy? When has it ever been easy to do that? When has it ever been easy to look at things that we think we love, the things that we think bring us joy and happiness? When has it been easy to get rid of that? When has it been easy? It's never been easy for me. I highly, highly doubt it's never been easy for you. This is not easy. I struggle every morning with this. I have to decide before I leave my house that I'm going to put aside pride and stop being so dang selfish. And even when I do that, I still keep fighting thoughts and feelings that are selfish and prideful throughout the day. And I have to remind myself the world doesn't revolve around me and I don't get everything I want. And sometimes what I want is not what's best. I can put distance between Bailey and I because I don't want to clean the house. I'm sure y'all can relate to that with your parents. I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to make the bed. I don't want to vacuum. I want to come home and lay on the couch and watch The Office or whatever show I'm watching. But when I do that, it creates a rift between Bailey and I. When I do that, when I'm selfish and prideful, when I do that, because I think I deserve that treatment for some unknown reason that doesn't really exist at all, I hurt Bailey. I hurt my wife. It puts a rift between us, and then then I have to heal that rift by being kind to her and stop being so selfish. There are a lot of people in my life and in the church over the years who I just don't really talk too much. It's not because I'm like, I hate them or something. It's because it's inconvenient. It's hard. It's really hard. Maybe our personalities just don't clash. Maybe or click, we clash. Maybe... I just don't get along with them well. So it's hard. There's certain people, even here, that it's hard to have true friendship with. 
Can we all agree to that? Yeah, true friendship is hard. It's really hard. That's why friendships don't last very long, right? They, they, they die because it's hard. And being a part of a family is really hard. I think we can all look at that and go, hey, what's that, what's that phrase? I, I, like my, I love my family. I just don't always like them. You laugh because you've thought it. You know. <laughs> when I get angry, I can hold on to it. Without even realizing it, I can hold on to it, and then I'll go to sleep angry, and I'll wake up the next day feeling like garbage because I've let that anger sit and fester. And most of the time, the person who's angry at someone, the person who gets hurt worse is the person who's angry. Most of the time, because you let that anger give a foothold to the devil, and he just messes with you and messes with you and messes with you. But the Bible right here is telling us we have to make every effort to break down barriers of whatever we've put up or what other people have caused us to put up or whatever defense mechanism we have or insecurity we're fighting, we have to make every effort to put aside pride and hurt and don't just bury it. We can't bury it. It says make every effort to get rid of it, to put it away, put off the old, put on the new. None of those things are of Jesus. None of those things are of Jesus that are that your pride, your hurt, your anger, your insecurities, your anxieties. None of that is of Jesus. That is not putting on the new. That's keeping the old on. It's like putting a jacket over your shirt instead of changing your shirt and then putting on a new jacket. You've still kept the old shirt on and it still smells bad. You just get close enough and it stinks. I don't take enough showers, it's true. Who has been hurt by someone in the student ministry? It's okay. You can raise your hands. Who has hurt someone in the student ministry? Confess that with each other. Who has been hurt? Who has hurt? If we are to see God work in the most amazing way possible, if we are to see him have incredible impact on our lives and the lives of the people around us, we've got to put those hurts away. We've got to throw them in the trash and forgive each other. And this is really hard. I'm re it's really hard for me to do this. I have hurts from years and years and years ago that I just choose not to deal with because it's easier. That's not making every effort. Every effort means that we go to each other and we say, hey, I've hurt you. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then the other person going, I forgive you. And actually forgiving someone and putting it away, gone for good in the trash. It went to the dump. It got incinerated in the thing. We have to make every effort to forgive each other when we've been wronged by each other because it's gonna happen. We're gonna hurt each other. We're human. People hurt people. That's just the reality of life. We need to have grace to come together, right? Come together we can't be like those who don't know Jesus. We can't be like the people that hold grudges and hate and don't have love in them because of whatever has happened to them, right? This is what we talked about last week, right? Confession and repentance. This is what it looks like. It means you go from I'm here, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I, I hate that guy because he made fun of me about something, and I hate that guy because he was rude to me, and going, okay, I'm gonna literally turn from it and walk away and go, hey man, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you. 
This has to happen if we're going to be unified as the body of Jesus, as the Woodside Student Ministry, and just as the church in general, right? Can you imagine what God would do? Can you imagine what God would do if we did this? We would go from, hey, here's what's edge. Here's what's edge. And we're going to go over here to restoration where Zach and Paula are, and we're going to unite with them. And then suddenly they unite with Faith Bible or whoever else, and we have suddenly, now the Woodlands churches are all united because we chose to put off ourselves and put on Christ completely, and then suddenly the whole Houston is united, and the next thing you know, the America is shaking the world for Jesus. Next thing you know, the world is just shaking and moving for Jesus. It starts right here. It starts right here. Right here in the student ministry. Y'all have so much more influence in the world than you think you do. On me than you think you do. You guys have influenced me and taught me greatly in the year that I've been here. If we're gonna see God work, we need to come together. We need to put off hurt and we need to love one another. Scripture says that, right? It says that you will know God's children by how they love one another. How silly is it and totally true of myself that we don't love each other very well? We're really good at loving people who don't know Jesus, but then we get, things get hard when we become Christians together, and we don't love each other very well. Who's guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. We don't always love each other very well. I need to love my wife better. I need to love our staff better, the people of our church better. I need to love y'all better. I could definitely do that better. I could definitely throw off some old and put on some new and love y'all better. And I need to do that. And we all need to do that for each other because we need each other. Right? We need to be lifting each other up in encouragement every single day. Every single day. The words that come out of our mouths need to be ones that lift up, not tear down. When we say hurtful things about each other, we we tear rifts. Let's come together, church, all of us. Come together in Jesus and be kind-hearted and tender toward each other. Right? This doesn't say, well, if they annoy you, don't do it anymore. It says, come together, make every effort. So we, church, make every effort. Jesus made every effort for us. Right? He went to the cross, took on sin when he knew no sin and died the most horrible death in the history of mankind forever. He died a horrible death so that he could cover us in his blood so that we could have life and joy and love in him together. Scripture clear. Y'all read it with me. We need to come together. I need to come together with y'all. So as we close, I want us to think about a couple of things, a couple of questions that I have um, there are pens and cards under your chairs. Um, we're going to just take some time to think and to pray with the Lord about this. And then you're going to take those cards home, put them on your mirror, put them in your car, put them on your bedside table, put them wherever you can see them to remind you of what he's doing today. So first question, what is one way that I can change and how I do life with other people? What is something that I can change with the people around me of how I do life with them? 
Ask him, pray, God, what is one thing I can change? What do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Or what is one thing I just refuse to look at that I can change? Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to look at in the eyes and say, I forgive you? Who do you need to forgive? God, who do we need to forgive? Who do you need to ask forgiveness from? Who's hurt you? Who do you need to sit down with and say, God, help me to speak to this person. And when you speak to that person, say, you've hurt me. And I forgive you for that. Forgiveness and grace have incredible power. Incredible, incredible power. And last one, what hurtful behavior do you need or do I need to turn away from and put away? Throw out. We must fight, brothers and sisters. We must fight in order to be like Jesus, in order to come together and see God move in the most incredible way possible. So Jesus, we ask you, Father, who do we need to forgive? Who do we need to ask forgiveness from? What is one thing we can do to change how we do life with others? God, would you speak to us? Would you speak to our hearts and the depths of our souls to hear your truth? Teach us your ways. Bring us together in you. Unite us, tear down the walls and heal the hurt and bring us together so that we may look more like you and be lifted up like you. Give us strength. Be our strength and our shield and our rock to fight the fight that is good. It is only through you we can accomplish this. It is only through you that we can unify together in the name of Christ and wave proudly that banner. Impact us, God. Impact us in great ways and use us to impact other churches, other student ministries, just people who don't know you. Have your way with us. Your will, God, not ours, but yours. You will never let us down. How true is that? You will never let us down. Lift us up, God. Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Students.